Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And you can visit our website, Forever 35 Podcast, for links to things we mentioned on the show, our Twitter's Forever 35 Pod, our Instagram's Forever 35 Podcast, Forever 35 Facebook group is on Facebook where the password is serums. Our favorite products can be found at shopmy.us slash forever35. And our newsletter can be found at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. Sign up. It goes out basically two times a month. It does go out two times a month, not even basically. <laughs> not even basically. <laughs> <laughs> I like to caveat um, everything. Yeah, no, I get it. and. You can call or text us at 781-591-0390, and you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. I also do just want to mention our Balance Bound collab 
is at balancebound.co slash shop slash forever 35. You know, it's the beginning of October. And I feel like it's around this time that I always see that meme. That's like, it's, it's like the beginning of October. That means it's almost Halloween, which means it's almost Thanksgiving, which means it's almost Christmas, which means it's almost the end of the year. (laughs) It is, but I also, yes, but I did have that feeling recently where I was like, holy shit, this year is almost over. Also, as I'm talking, I realized I thought we were in 2023. Are we? Or is it 2022? I have no idea what year it is right now. We are currently in 2022. Okay. We will be in 2023. I say this all because I'm just saying, if you wanted to get some of our merch for your bestie for the holidays, it's not a bad idea to order it soon. Just putting that out there. That's a really good call. Which also means I need Thank to start th- thinking about what I'm getting people for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. The circle of I life, know. you know, it never ends. Well, look, I did just want to get onto my, my soapbox. Ooh. And this kind of, you know, kind of tr- speaking of holidays, because you could bust this out at the holidays. I did just want to note that many people have been sending me personally and sending the podcast links to the latest viral craze, butterboards. Mm-hmm. Now, butterboards. Kate, for those for those of our listeners who are not familiar with a butterboard, could you just describe what those are? I would be I would be honored to do so, Dory. So, this month on TikTok, a recipe maker developer eater who's i think her name is justine tiktoked and blogged about butterboards and i don't believe i think i think she credits another chef for the idea like she was inspired by somebody else's butterboard but i think it's this person's justinesnacks.com i think her content is what went viral and it's basically essentially you take a you know a cutting board let's say you smear a bunch of butter on it and then you add your accoutrements on top. You maybe you put some olive oil for like a savory butter, maybe a smoked salt, you know, like a little bit of mm-hmm. cilantro or basil. Mm-hmm. You could make a mm-hmm. a sweet butter board with an unsalted butter and some honey, maybe, and maybe sprinkle some almonds on it. I don't know. I'm I'm pulling this out literally between my butt cheeks. Oh, lovely. but I I kind of just wanted to be like. Yeah, everybody, I know. Like a lot of people, like my one of my best friends. Okay, I'm getting together with my core group of best friends from college. We normally get together like once a year, but we haven't done it in two and a half years because of COVID. And I haven't seen a couple of them for two and a half years. And we are gathering on an island for a weekend and we're meal planning right now. And one of them was like, Madam, her nickname for me, she said, Are you jumping on the butterboard trend? And I replied, I am not because I feel like I was the OG butter babe. You know, get on my level, everyone. Oh, shit. Kate was the OG butter babe. I I have revealed on this podcast that I eat butter plain. And now because it's on a board with like some fucking rosemary sprinkled on it, everybody's like, oh, cool, butter. I just... I don't know. I just feel a little like, like, yeah, I know. 
I don't know. You know when you feel like like you're superior to everybody else because you were aware of something before it became cool? Like mm. now it's suddenly cool to eat butter. Now, granted, you are dipping bread or a cracker into the butter You're board. not taking a stick of butter and taking a <laughs> chomp out of it. My butter board would just be sticks of butter and every, all my guests just have one to nibble on like the, you know, like I the still, corn kid. I still regret not getting you a butter sculpture of your book. That was a real fail on my part. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. It you know, really was. for the next one, if you don't deliver a butter sculpture of the next book, I don't know if we can be friends. I don't know if we can be friends. Honestly, this just speaks to my poor planning because I thought of it like the week before your book came out. And but like, isn't that how everything is? I feel like I get my best gift ideas like the day of someone's birthday. Yeah. I mean, oh, I just realized your paperback is out in February. Get me that well, butter book. Well, 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 I like how you did this. Pre-order my paperback, everybody. <laughs> and maybe Dory will get a butter version of it made for me. I mean, that's also got to be like a billion dollars to get a butter sculpture of something, isn't it? Kate, you're worth it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your friendship. I mean, look, people get... I had a cake of startup you did. It was my, beautiful. It was beautiful. And like, that's like a pretty common thing that people do. But why not butter sculptures? I will right? say, I mean, why not? But maybe if I ever have some sort of book party, finally, I should have butter. I should make butter boards. Oh, a thousand percent. Like only butter boards. Yes. You that's really all should. you have to eat. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Refreshments, butter boards. <sighs> All right. Maybe, you know, maybe I will make, I offered to make a charcuterie tray for my girlfriends because I had such pleasure making one recently. I had friends over to watch a movie and I made like, I had such pleasure going to Trader Joe's and then putting together this charcuterie board. Maybe I'll try a butter board for my friends and see what happens and document it. And maybe mm -hmm. I should, now I'm having a change of heart. Maybe I should become a butter influencer before it's too late and other people like take away my spot. I mean, I'm just saying, Kate, you were on the butter train long before it. Now, I, not, I don't, don't want to be, I don't, yes, I don't want to be a, a party pooper, Debbie Downer, negative Nancy, et cetera. But I do just want to gently remind you, and I, I do hate when people say gently remind, but I'm trying to say this in a spirit of friendship. Okay. That. All we right. did discuss your butter habit in the context of your high cholesterol. <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot. I'm not supposed to be eating butter. <laughs> out of my concern for your health, I do oh just want God. to, again, gently suggest that perhaps reigniting your passion for butter could possibly I, be detrimental to your I, overall health and well-being. I truly forgot that that is the origin story, that I was like, hey, I have high cholesterol. Do you think it's because I take butter out of the fridge and slice off chunks of it and nibble on it? No, no, like no. That, little... was not, that was not how that conversation went. The conversation was, I have high cholesterol. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, also I eat butter. And you're yeah. like, just a little, right? And I was like, oh, no, I can 
I can polish off a stick of like a Costco stick of Kerrygold, which is really a brick, like by myself. And also the other truth that I take bites out of it and then put butter back with teeth marks into the fridge. Oh my god! <laughs> You're like a little butter mouse. I am. I am. I'm like the butter squirrel that lives in your tree and yeah. sneaks in and yes. gets your butter. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I forgot that that <laughs> I completely forgot. I haven't gotten my cholesterol. I have to go get blood work again because I haven't gotten my cholesterol tested in a while since that discovery of my high, not good cholesterol. <clears throat> good Lord. What a journey I, this has been. Wow. Next thing you know, people are going to be using butter as skincare, and I'm going to really have like, and I told you, remember when everybody was putting, putting coconut oil all over their face and bodies? Oh, Maybe yeah. they still are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well. Um, Kate, before, before we get to our amazing guest, I have, I, I have a request for our listeners. Okay. okay. And it's like a little in the weeds. Um, but... I, I just want to mention it. You know, we have we have always kept this podcast free. And ideally, I think we would like to continue to have it be free. But in order to do that, we need your help regarding our ads. And I bring this up not to say like, go out and buy like 10 away suitcases and like five Casper mattresses. But we always used to say like, oh, if you don't want to listen to the ads, just like fast forward them. Like it doesn't matter. The thing is, it now does matter. (laughs) It does. Plot twist. (laughs) Stuff is changing here in the podcasting space, everybody. Stuff is changing in the podcast, in the podcast world. Advertisers now have the ability to tell if you, a listener, has listened to their ad. Which is like, frankly, between us, kind of annoying. Um, so this is just like a little request. If you are someone who skips the ads, no judgment. But maybe every so often, you could just listen to the ads. Maybe just turn down the volume. I don't think they can tell if you do that. If you don't want to listen. Although, I will say, our ads are pretty entertaining. We are doing them together again. We do because them we together. Ha- and we, I have to say, I, f- I find us very charming when we do our, I there's, have a good chuckle every time. There's laughs, there's laughs, there's jokes. Um, yeah. So, you know, just, just in the spirit of, uh, you know, keeping this podcast going, I well, just have that small request. The other thing that you can do to support the podcast is just visit the URLs that we mentioned. Again, you don't have to buy anything. Just visit the URLs. And then the advertisers are like, oh, look, our ad worked. Someone visited our website from Forever 35. That's all. Yeah. We have a very special guest today. Let's tell this origin story of how Amanda Yesnowitz came to be a guest on our podcast. Sure. So... Uh, this woman, Amanda Yesnowitz, uh, reached out to us. She said, I'm a listener of the pod, big fan. Um, and I'm a cruciverbalist. I create crosswords. I've had crosswords <laughs> published in the New York Times. Will Shorts was at my wedding, NBD. And we were, I mean, I especially, I think, was like, 
uh, yeah, we need to have you on the show. So that was the origin story. And in case I didn't kind of just tell you enough about how amazing she is, here's her official bio. She's a New York Times published crossword puzzle constructor and a competitive speed solver. She's also a professional musical theater lyricist whose coveted honors include winning the $100,000 Kleben Prize, the Jonathan Larson Award, the Dramatists Guild Fellowship, and the Berklee School of Music Alumni Achievement Award alongside Beyonce's choreographer, Ebony Williams, and Game of Thrones composer, Ramin Jawadi. Her upcoming project, a feminist holiday musical comedy based on the 1940s Barbara Stanwyck movie Christmas in Connecticut, will have its world premiere at the Goodspeed Opera House this November. She's also a clinical professor of writing at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts, where she's been on the full-time faculty for 25 years. And boy, is she charming. I mean. We had, we, let's, before, you're going to hear the interview now, but just know we talk about her 18 year age difference with her younger husband turning Mm -hmm. 50, how she got into crosswords, why we love doing them. Mm -hmm. I confess a new musical theater interest. I mean, we just go there. So without further ado, here's Here's Amanda. Amanda. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. 
Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly 
the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. We're very excited because our guest today reached out to us after we discussed a word I still can't pronounce. It's not cruciferous. Is it cruciferous? That would be Brussels sprouts, I Thank believe, you. are cruciferous. Yes, yeah. that's, yes. That's, I'm always trying to describe a crunchy vegetable. Amanda <laughs> reached out to us because she's a crossword creator and fan. A cruciferous, you've got to tell me the word. <laughs> I just said it's, it again. Yeah, Dory had it right. It, it, it is cruciverbalist. And if you just break it down, because Dory, you said, I believe that it sounds like crucifix and, and the root is actually the same. So crucif for cross, verbalist mm. for word, crossword. It's, it's actually pretty self-evident. <laughs> cruciverbalist. Yes. So Amanda, when we got your email that you were like, I'm a listener and I also, these are the things I do. It, it was an immediate. Yes. We, I believe our, my reply, my forward to Dory was like exclamation point And Dory's response was like, yes, immediately. Yes. And here you are. We're so excited to have you on the pod. Thank you for reaching out. We can't wait to dig into your life story. <laughs> dig away. But you've heard the podcast. You've listened before. So you might know that we like to start every interview with guests asking about a self-care practice that is meaningful in their own life. So can we start with that? Do you have one to share? Absolutely. And unsurprisingly, I am going to talk about puzzles as self-care. And we'll get, we can get more into the psychology of it a bit later. But I generally do like to start off with a puzzle. Now, for me, it might be a crossword puzzle, but it really can be any kind of puzzle. Uh, it could be a jigsaw puzzle. It could be Sudoku. It could be spelling bee. It could be Wordle. Uh, and the reason why this is a form of self-care and a very satisfying satisfying way to start the day is because people who do puzzles, it's a way of creating order out of chaos. And that's something that Stephen Sondheim has talked about, that Will Shorts has talked about. Now, here's the thing. You're both writers. You're both creators. And so in your creative lives, you do this as well. You create order out of chaos. You take things that already exist, words, ideas, and you form them in a way that creates joy, beauty, logic, all the things, right? But the key difference is that generally when you're solving a puzzle, there's only one correct solution and you know when you've gotten it right. And that makes the brain feel really, really good and sort of empowers you to face the chaos of the day. Mm. So, so what I'm hearing, Amanda, is that my 
rediscovery of my love of puzzles, crosswords, mysteries during the pandemic was an attempt to impose order on the chaos of the world. Ooh. that, That is absolutely correct. There aren't, I mean, think about all of the things that you can control in your lives. There's not that much, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's a form of control, especially during the pandemic. We think about ways that we can control things on a local level, right? Like in your lives, you can take a shower, you can go to the store, you can, you know, um, read a book. Those are things that are extremely local, right? Then when you think about the global, yes, we can do things that have ripple effects and affect social change and all of that. But during the pandemic, we all were experiencing this loss of control in a global way. And so people became attracted to what can I do? What can I control? Now, think about a jigsaw puzzle. It's something, it's it's chaos that... The joy of we might break up a puzzle. So we're creating chaos in order to mm-hmm. make it into something whole. And Oof. that releases endorphins in the brain. So in that, in that small way, during a day where maybe we were, you know, hearing all kinds of bad news, it was like, here's, here's one thing that that's going to make my brain feel good. Oh, I love this. (laughs) Now, this is interesting. Dora, I haven't really told you this, but at night lately, I will, I've been doing my Wordle and then I do Quirtle, Mm -hmm, Q U O R. -hmm. And I, I used to do Wordle in the morning, but now I save it as like, it's like a Sunday, like an ice cream Sunday at the end of the day. Now, you know, I do, I do Quirtle, Wordle and Global. And you do it all at the end of the day? Okay. Yes, I do them all at night. Amanda, is there like a thing? Is that kind of just like wrapping up and like a satisfying, like tying a little bow onto the end of the day? Like, do you think there's some psychology in that aspect of things as well? Absolutely. It's a little something I might call like a lanyap at the end of the day. Just like a little, it's just, that's just like, you're making up. It's just like a little treat yeah. at the end of the day, a little like extra, sort of like a, imagine a little chocolate kiss on your pillow mm-hmm, before you mm-hmm. go to bed, just a little bit of something that makes you feel good and makes your brain feel good before you go to sleep. Instead of thinking about the million things you have to do tomorrow, you give yeah. your brain just a little zhuzh, a little joy. And uh, yeah, it can absolutely set you up for a nice night of sleep. It's a something- brain zhuzh. A brain yeah. zhuzh story. I love <laughs> this perfect. idea of a brain zhuzh. Is this something that you discovered about yourself as an adult? Has has puzzling always kind of scratched that itch for you your whole life? Or was there a moment where you came to it um, almost out of need? I think for many people, puzzling is inherited. I think most people will have a story that it has to do with a relative. So for me, it was my dad when I was little and he would do the New York Times. The Sunday magazine puzzle was the one that really stuck out in my head. And I, you know, I have this vision of being a little girl. I was very verbal when I was little and reading and writing very young. And I would just watch him doing it. And he could generally finish the Sunday puzzle. And I notice that 
the natural of order things took over. So as I got a little older, maybe he let me help, right? So maybe then I could fill in a few. And then as I got older and older, he then needed me to help him finish it because there would be things that he didn't know. And then I no longer needed him. And then I could start doing it on my own. And when I was in college, and so it was always a source of pleasure. But when I was in college, uh, I went to uh, to Tufts in New England. My, my heart's hometown is uh, Boston. Uh, and I, when I was in college, a friend of mine and I would sit in the campus center and we would do the Tufts Daily uh, crossword puzzle and we would just race. And that's when the competitive part started. And I realized, oh, I can do these pretty fast. So the pleasure kind of turned into sort of dug at my competitive spirit and I started doing them very quickly. And then that led to a whole other part of my life. <laughs> okay. So how did you then make the jump to creating crosswords? Because that is a, that it's very hard. That like puts have, you in a league of your own, right? Yes. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. Especially as a woman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Good point. So can you talk us through how you, like, was this just sort of like a challenge that you set for yourself or how did this, how did this happen? And then how did you actually start doing it? Yeah, well, I will say, and you'll hear this from anyone who's in the crossword community, it's such a welcoming community. It's not that big. And it's, it's a community where just people just want to bring you in. And in 2008, I believe there was a documentary called Wordplay that came out. And if you haven't seen it, have you seen it? Has either of you seen it? I've never I, seen it, which I'm embarrassed to say. You I have to say that you I have, have, have to. I think Bill Clinton I have. is in it. The Indigo Girls are in it. it oh. You you have to see it. So when that movie came out, a lot of people saw it. So it was a documentary about the New York Times crossword puzzle. Mm -hmm. And I watched that movie and I started to think that I could compete. Because it's all about this tournament. I was watching these people and I said, well, I can do a Monday in three minutes and I can do a Saturday in, in under 10 minutes. And I, and I thought, I think I could probably do this. And like a lot of people, uh, the, 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 the movie was, was very popular. And the tournament, which used to take place in Stamford, Connecticut, all of a sudden, all these people were interested because of the movie. So they moved the tournament to Brooklyn. It's now back in Stanford because it's the it, it's kind of settled back down. But for a few years, because of the movie, people were so interested and wanted to partake. So I was in Brooklyn. I'm based in New York City. So I said, I'm going to go. I'm going to compete in this tournament and I'm going to see what happens. And so I competed mm. for a few years, about six or 700 people. And the way that I would describe a crossword tournament is just imagine a bunch of people in a room taking their SATs voluntarily. Oh and that's, that's what it's like. <laughs> and I got to a point, uh, I think I came in maybe in the top 100 one year and I thought, you know wow. what? I can't, I peaked. What's my next challenge? So like you said, absolutely. I said, well, Maybe I could make one. Maybe that's the next part of this. Mm. And so I had made some friends in the community and I reached out and uh, 
started collaborating. And my strength is really in coming up with themes and doing the cluing. And I tend to collaborate with people who are better at the visual, sort of the gritting element oh my gosh. of it all. Yeah. So that's, that's how I kind of made that transition. This is one of the things that I get hung up on on crosswords, uh-huh. which is yeah. how witty they are. Like it's your brain, <laughs> mm-hmm. your brain isn't just like throwing, you don't just throw words together that fit. Oh. You're creating like that. My husband will be like, Oh, check out the like blah, blah, blah. And this today's puzzle. And I'm like, I don't like he loves that's like his favorite part when he solves. And Dory, maybe this is for you too. Like when you get the inside joke of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And you realize what the puzzle's doing. Like that to yeah. me, that seems like a separate part of the experience almost. It's like a hot moment. Yes. Yeah. What is that? What What is satisfying about that? Because I don't, this doesn't scratch my itch. So maybe the two of you right. can tell me like, what is that for you? Uh, well, Dory, I mean, you recently had this week where you, you completed the week, right? Yes, which does not happen every week. And I am not always consistent with doing the puzzle every day. But I, you know, I do think it is a thing where you get better the more you practice. Like it just is because you see either the exact same clues or very similar clues or, you know, when they say a certain clue, you know, it's always going to be this one semi-obscure answer or... Mm. um you know, there's, there's just like, there's specific themes and topics that come up all the time. And I keep trying to remind myself that I need to learn more like Lord of the Rings trivia because there's always <laughs> freaking Lord of the Rings shit in there. And like, I never, I've never read Lord of the Rings. I never, I know, I have no interest in Lord of the Rings, but there's always something about Lord of the Rings. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's true. No, okay, no, no. Thank you. No, thank you, Amanda. Right. And I thank you for seeing me. I, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I I see you, Lord of the Rings, and also you had mentioned I think something about tides, right? The ebb oh, yes, and, and the, the neap tide. And, oh my mm-hmm. god! I'm yes, like, story neap tide. Tides. But you know what? I, one thing that I will say is like, especially with the New York Times crossword, is there is like an assumed kind of class and cultural context that someone doing the crossword needs to have to complete this crossword. And if you do not have that, I think it is very difficult to complete a crossword. Um, Amanda, thoughts? Yes, but that is changing. That is changing. And it's something I noticed you you talked a little bit about that. Uh, yes, historically, it really has been kind of the industry has been run by, you know, old straight white guys, right? Mm -hmm. And even the knowledge base, yes, from a certain socioeconomic status, absolutely. But that is changing and it is changing fast. It is changing exponentially. So if you look at some of the crossword editors now, uh, take for example, USA Today is now edited by Eric Agard, who is just such an advocate of all kinds of inclusion and those puzzles that he edits and publishes are filled with contemporary references. And the industry is really becoming so much more inclusive in terms of the actual themes of the puzzles to the editors, 
to the constructors and to the solvers, Mm -hmm. which is, it's great to see we have seen so much change in a very short amount of time. Many more women at the helm, many more people of color, many young people, and you're seeing it show up on the page every day, Mm -hmm. every day. Yeah, I mean, I, I we're starting to see that in the New York Times also. I know they've hired more younger um, and people of color um, editors, and you're starting to really see that in the creators that they have. Um, and it, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like, it is always funny to me when I do a crossword that has more like contemporary clues and answers, and then I go and read the comments on that day's article. And it's filled with people being like, what were these clues? Like, <laughs> you know, all the kind of old people getting really upset about it. And I'm like, you know what? It's time to broaden your horizons here. Like just, Ooh. just like accept yeah. this. Um, So yeah, I don't know. This is something that like, I feel very strongly about, and I'm glad you feel strongly about, but that also brings me to my next question, which is, for someone who is perhaps a crossword amateur, mm-hmm. hello. What are <laughs> some broad categories of knowledge that you would recommend, <clears throat> excuse me, they familiarize themselves with? Well, like you said, it's really true. The only way to get better is to practice. So I- I'm going to answer your question in, in a roundabout way. There's something, there's a psychological phenomenon. I mean, I sort of call it the crossword puzzle effect. You, you, you'll you see, you can substitute in something else for crossword puzzles. Mm-hmm. But, and I use this in my my teaching as well. So if you sit down to do a crossword puzzle, and let's say, you know, as you know, Monday is the easiest for the, the New York Times. So let's say you, you sit down with a Monday crossword puzzle, and you're not a very patient person, and you, you're doing it for 15 and 20 minutes, and you're you're done. You you don't finish it, but you're you're just done doing it. And maybe you filled half the puzzle, and you're convinced that's it. That's all I know. I guarantee you, if you come back to that puzzle 24 hours later, having slept, having eaten, having exercised, whatever, you will pick up that puzzle, and you will know something that you didn't the day before. Now, why is that? Because again, going back to the way our brains work, our brains are designed to keep solving problems while we are living our lives. So it's a similar thing to when you're, let's say, writing a chapter of a book and you're like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make this thing work. And you're like, maybe if I come back to it and then you come back to it and you think, how did I not see this thing? Well, because your brain, your, your brain is this, you know, amazing, organ that works in this way. And it needs nutrients and it needs oxygen and it needs time. So I guarantee that if someone's interested in sort of broadening and deepening their knowledge base, I would not recommend, hey, you know, go study the moons and tides chart so you have that knowledge at the ready. I would say just start doing the Monday crossword puzzle or start doing the USA today. Just do a puzzle here and there. Fill in what you can. Don't feel any shame about not finishing it in three minutes or not finishing it at all. Come back to it the next day. 
I'm telling you, I've done this with my students who don't, they're like, no, 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 that's not true. And then the next day, it's, it's what happens. So that, that's, that's how you get better at it. All it's right. Motivating. So that's what, motivating. You're saying, what you're saying is there are no shortcuts. That's fine. <laughs> Now, I would say to that, I would say, but there are shorts cuts because it's oh, Will Shorts and good. you know that's on the nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, but had to. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning, in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Okay, we're back. You mentioned your husband and that you have an age difference, which I feel like is still something that we culturally are ooh and ah over. Yeah. Um, I would love to know what your experience is like uh, being partnered to someone who's younger than you. And I don't know if it impacts the actual relationship at all, but I, I wonder if it impacts how you are perceived or how the two of you move through the world. Yeah. I mean, we have an 18-year age difference. Uh, as I mentioned, I, and, and this is not necessarily information that I would share, but I am a pretty public figure, so I can't really hide my age. But by the time this has aired, I will have turned 50, which, Yay. you know, is, is someone said to me uh, today, well, congratulations. I thought, yeah, yeah, that's, 
<laughs> wow. Right. I mean, yeah. 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 Our age difference, my husband doesn't care about it at all. I mean, he's a really evolved human. Every once in a while, he'll listen to this podcast with me. And I remember there was a listener who, remember it was someone who had gotten a short haircut that she really loved, but her husband mm -hmm. wasn't so into it, right? There was a lot of it. And I, so I asked him, I said, well, what do you think about that? And he said, okay, let me understand this. The haircut makes the woman feel sexy and beautiful and empowered. And I said, yeah. He said, well, then I would love it. Why wouldn't I love it? I mean, that, that All was right. it. There was yeah. no, mm -hmm. there was no even hesitation. So he's, he's a really, uh, pro feminist, evolved, kind, sensitive person. I mean, I think for me, the age difference, I'm always doing the math, always, mm. always, always. And he really isn't, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm used to it at this point, but our relationship, we have good humor about everything. I think the secret to our, to the longevity of our relationship, we got married right before the pandemic, but we've been together for about 10 years we have a lot of comedy bits between us. I yep. mean, we are, we just laugh all the time. And it feels like, you know, our relationship feel, it feels like we just met. Mm -hmm. Are you having feelings about 50? Like, are you doing anything to honor this transition into the, your 50th year? Like, or is, are you kind of like meh when it comes to birthdays? Usually, I am trying to be more positive about this because, you know, I'm lucky to be celebrating my 50th birthday and I have a really exciting project that's coming up in a couple of months. And I'm trying to see that as a, a birthday gift and as a way to celebrate moving into this next decade. I mean, what choice do I have? I don't have a lot of time to to grieve it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. Forties. I mean, as, as you're going to see in, in the next few years, your body keeps changing and uh, you're not as resilient as you were. I will say that my 32 year old husband certainly keeps me young at heart, in mind, all the things. So I'm I'm very fortunate in in that regard. Um, can we talk a little bit about your the, your your other career? Yeah, um, yeah. As, as someone who um writes musical theater, I mean, mm -hmm. you you have a lot going on, <laughs> and. You have an upcoming feminist musical comedy based on a 1940s Barbara Stanwyck movie? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a movie. When I was approached to do this project, I hadn't heard of the movie, but a lot of people know it. It's called Christmas in Connecticut, and it starred Barbara Stanwyck. It's a Warner Brother movies from the 40s. And yes, yeah, surprisingly, a feminist holiday musical comedy. It was really ahead of its time. And so I am a, a lyricist and, and a librettist. And, uh, I, yeah, I was approached to write the lyrics for this project. Uh, and Jason Howland is writing the music. He's a Broadway composer. People might be familiar with his work on, uh, Little Women in Paradise Square. 
And uh, the book writers, Patrick Pacheco and Eric Forrest Jackson, I want to just give them all a shout out because musical theater is a very collaborative form. And so we've created this. And uh, the world premiere production is happening this fall over Christmas in Connecticut at the Ooh. legendary Goodspeed Opera House where uh, where Annie started before it went to Broadway. So it's a it's a beautiful beautiful magical place and we're very excited to have the world premiere production coming up. So cool. How do you think these two I mean how how does this overlap? Like what is it about the way that your brain works that kind of connects this creation of words in this way. Cause there's, there's like a wordplay element to it, but there's also like a little bit of math, math. Like there's just such an interesting cross section of the things you use in your brain. Um, I would love to know just like, how did you, how, how did you land in this space career wise? Yeah. Like, what is it? I mean, sorry, I, I keep rambling. So please no, no, take, you're, take me away, Meta. But you're absolutely right about the math and science of it all. Often people think about writers and, and artists just sort of in this more like dreamy, amorphous space and uh, puzzling, making puzzles and writing lyrics. They're acts of compression, right? Mm. They're imposed because I could never do what you do. There are too many options. So for me, Making a puzzle, the imposed constraints, same with writing lyrics, the imposed constraints mm -hmm. are so liberating for me. I don't want to have a world of possibility. I want to have maybe a village of possibility. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, acts of compression. That is absolutely what they have in common. And I grew up loving math. I never thought I would go into a, a more verbal field. And then in the the third thread, I'm a, a writing professor at NYU. And when I meet my students, I always say I can give you my life in, in three threads. I teach writing, I write musicals, and I make crossword puzzles, and they all intersect at the nexus of language. Mm. Yeah. They all feed each other. Absolutely. Do you think with musical theater, this is a, this is a selfish question because I'm kind of going through this right now. I feel like with musical theater, there's a narrative that people, you, if you're into it, you got into it when you were young. Mm. How do you get into musical theater as an adult? Because I will tell you, my nine-year-old and I are both getting very into Into the Woods, which mm. I had never heard as a kid. Mm. And I'm married to a person who works in musical theater is like a Sondheim fanatic. So like for him, and he did musical theater his whole life. But yeah. is there an entry point for for becoming a lover or a, a consumer of musical theater as an adult? And is there is there a place you recommend a newbie start? Mm. I love that you're getting into into the woods and and Sondheim. I'm sort of I'm almost a little bit jealous that you know you're going to hear all the hear all these things that you know, I've grown up listening to you and for you you're you're getting to discover it. Well, look, you saw that happen with Hamilton, right? Mm, so yeah. some sometimes something will transcend the sort of uh preconceived limitations of its space. Oh, I don't like musicals, so I'm not going to go see one, right? And then something like 
a hair comes along or something like rent comes along or something like Hamilton. Maybe they all need to be just one word titles. I don't know. Uh, but it, it transcends it. And then that brings in new audiences. So sometimes it takes someone to drag you and you don't even, maybe you don't even want to go. But it's, I mean, if you think back during the heyday, during the golden age, pop music was theater music. And mm. at some point during the 50s or 60s, when rock and roll sort of uh, ruled the airwaves, there became this separation. And then, you know, theater ended up existing somewhere else on the periphery. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you just have to be open-minded. And especially if you're in a place like New York or London, you know, you, you just got to go. You have to, there's no, there's no way to replicate the experience of sitting there, the liveness of the experience. Yeah, and I yeah. think, you know, that's something that we missed certainly in, in the past couple of years. It can't be replicated. It's not something you can get on TikTok. It's not something you can get in a movie theater. And if there's a big, uh, in many cities, even in smaller cities across the country, you know, shows come through, just, you, you just, you have to go. And also understand if you don't like one show, it doesn't mean that musical theater isn't for you. It's sort of like if you go to one movie and you don't like it, would anybody say, I'm never going to one movie again? <laughs> good point. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. Okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate that so much because I, I was playing Into the Woods alone in the car today and I was like, I think I like this. <laughs> what do you like? What do you like about it? Uh, you know what? I've saw it. I saw this is very in the weeds. I saw a, the, I didn't see the recent Broadway revival, but I saw it when it toured a few years ago and I was like, yeah. this is fine. And then my daughter and I went to like an opera group in LA performed it in a local botanical garden. And I was like, I, yeah, I like this. I like the, like the patterns of the way that the, the way that the, there's like a pattern to the music that I really like the way that they tell the story. And then of course at the end I cry and, like the moral of the story is so deep, but it's all through these fairy tales. I don't know. I just, I, it just for some reason is hitting me real hard. And then also like my nine-year-old is really into it. And that's just cute to watch her sit there. And I think it also, you know, brings my husband a lot of joy because that is his, you know, love language is musical theater. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And it's to be able to experience something like that with your family. You know, you just said that that's also great advice though. If you're familiar with those fairy tales, which who isn't familiar with at least one of those fairy tales, a lot of musicals are based on movies. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I would, I, I would like to see more original stuff, but that also can be a, a gateway for mm -hmm. people to, you know, Beetlejuice, yeah. I think is a great oh, yeah. example. Well, my husband wrote that. that. Did you know that? Oh my God. You knew that, right? Did you know no. that? <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he co-wrote the book. Amazing. Oh, I yeah. did. Oh, wow. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Way to nail it. Way to nail it, Amanda. <laughs> I was going to say Mamma Mia personally, but yes, he, they, Beetlejuice is very fun. 
Yeah. There are, there are fun. There is so much now. Like, like Dory, you just said, didn't you just see Jagged Little Pill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there is, yeah. you can really, you can really find your entry point right now with musical theater. That's a good point. Oh, well, right. Yeah, that too. I didn't even think of that. Is there an artist that you like? Oh, look, Sarah Bareilles, mm-hmm. you know, wrote Waitress, but also she's in Into the Woods. I'm a fan. I should probably go see that. Or Alanis Morissette. And there, there are so many others. But to, you know, to find sort of a, a gentle way of uh, of indoctrinating the, uh, <laughs> the masses into yeah. becoming uh, musical theater lovers. There is something for everyone. Well, shall we switch gears and talk about possibly the most important topic of all? <laughs> skincare. <laughs> Do you have sure. a skincare routine, Amanda, that you want to share or any products that you are particularly loyal to? I mean, I've learned so much from listening to the oh. two of you. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that. I am really into the Tatcha dewy skin cream, which I would not mm-hmm. have known about. And so I was using that for a while and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. And then I thought, I wonder if there's a good dupe for that, you know, because it is a little pricey and mm-hmm. you can get that nice sale at Sephora twice a year. Oh, by the way, I ju- because it's my birthday, I did go to Sephora to get my little birthday treat and it's a mini Tatcha dewy. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, but I looked for the dupe, which was, well, I won't say what it was, but a few, like it was on the top of many lists. This is the dupe to use. Wait, why won't you say what the dupe yeah, is? Oh, okay. It, All right. I'll yeah, say, yeah, it. Yeah, so, say it. <laughs> it was Bliss, uh, ex- mm. Explosion, I think is what it's called. And no, not, not a fan. I did not, it didn't work for me. At all. Oh, the yeah. dupe didn't dupe it for you. No, no, no. So I'm I'm back on the Tatcha train. Yeah. That's such a letdown okay. when the dupe doesn't dupe. You know, yeah. like you, you go into it thinking it's gonna be the answer to your problems, and then it's like, well, I guess I'm stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it lasts a while. So it's okay. you know, it's not terrible value. So I really like that. And uh as far as makeup, I'm really digging thrive. Now, I Mm. I don't wear Mm. a ton of makeup. I, you know, try to keep it natural. But the Thrive, the Brilliant Eye Brightener Sticks. Now, I have tried these. You know, Sephora has them. Clinique makes them like that they're coming. They come in different colors. And most of them, you put them on and they dry out immediately. And the Thrive ones are a little pricier. But and, you know, I'm going to be 50. I'm not putting this on 30-year-old skin. And I find it just, it stays on. It goes on easily. It's so pretty and versatile. And it's just, it's really easy and it makes you look really put together. So I'm, and I, I love their mascara also. Yes, I love their mascara. I like both of those products. I brought that stick with me while I try. It's a great travel thing because you can just like rub it all over your eye and it like does the trick, but it's also not a liquid. I, I love yeah, their stuff yeah. is so great. Yeah. I really like their products. Good reco. Yeah. So those are the two things that I'm really digging right now and definitely packed with me on this, uh, on this road trip. <laughs> 
Well, Amanda, before we let you go, if our listeners want to follow along with your work, perhaps do some of your crosswords, (laughs) where can they do that? Uh, Yeah. So um, I guess if you just plug my name into the New York Times, my stuff will come up in there. My Facebook profile is is pretty public, so people can reach out to me there. If uh, anyone wants to or is in the area, in the New England area, Christmas in Connecticut, tickets are already on sale, and it will be running from November until the end of the year. I will be uh, up there in residence. I'm very excited taking the semester off NYU. So I will be up there with the show. My husband is actually going to be in the show. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. Uh, And eventually uh, my my memoir, which I've not started writing yet, but I just want to share with you the title. I'm, I'm announcing it here. It will be called Yes, no, it's complicated. So, um. (laughs) I mean, of course, you've got a name play pun. Yes, of course, I do. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, (sighs) this has been so much fun, Amanda. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is all kinds of worlds colliding. And I just, I love that you give voice to, um, just underrepresented communities in so many ways. I mean, the sheer breadth of the guests that you have on is really, really impressive. And I couldn't imagine another arena where a serum-loving cruciverbalist could actually <laughs> talk about <laughs> her work and her life. So... That's that's really Aww. exciting and it's um it's it's kudos to you. So that's I'm really sure kind. I'm speaking Thank for you. a lot of women who really appreciate just how far how far you you reach. Oh wow. Jeez. Thank you. Wow. Ending this on a real high note. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much Amanda. All right. Thank you. <sighs> well, Dory. Well, I, I've I have to say like I I came around a little bit on crosswords after talking, after hearing oh. you and Amanda kind of connect over the pleasure they bring. I felt, okay. yeah. Yeah, I came around. Now, when you say, had you been anti crossword before? It's not that I were just like, this isn't for me. I just find them a little bit inaccessible, but I think it's because the one I always go to is the New York Times. And I just find like there's an air of like, oh, I'm look at me. Which we talked about in the wordplay in the episode, in the interview with her. Yeah. Now the People Magazine crossword, I'm all for. So I think it's just, I think it's more of the specific crosswords that I kind of have looked at in the past. I probably need to get like a book of. What about the New York Magazine crosswords? I bet you would like those. Well, that's a good idea. I think I I I should maybe look a little bit more into crosswords for Kate Spencer. You know, like crosswords that might appeal Mm. to me. Mm -hmm. That being said, I am. This is one of my like life goals is to write like create a crossword. You should do it. What is there anything stopping you? No, it's just really hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it seems like it would take a lot of time. I don't even get how you, like, 
do you just come up with the words and fit them all together and then you come up with the clue? Like, no, there's like, puzzling. there's, I've, I've looked into it. There's like okay. online, there's online puzzle constructors that you can use that, that like oh. give you the grids and uh, yeah. Well, let me ask so, you this. Could you make yes. a forever 35 themed crossword? Oh, now we're talking. That I could mean, be kind of fun. That could be very interesting. I will admit that I always have a little little frisson of excitement whenever serum is a is a clue. Oh, in totally. The Times crossword. <laughs> that I get. I also I also get like titillated. And people always, you know, share that with us too, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, this is very interesting, Kate. I will put that into my hat of ideas that I Good. may or may not ever do. Good. I like that for you. I like that for your hat. Well, I know as we enter into the intention zone, last week I said I would read paper books and I'm doing it, but I got to say, I ne- it's made me realize how much I love e-readers. Oh, so I ordered okay. a new one. You may recall I left my Kindle on a flight, a Southwest airline plane. You know what it is? I love my ritual at night of turning off the light and then reading on my e-reader and then closing my eyes and falling mm-hmm. asleep. And I can't do that with a paper book. I've changed. Yep. I've changed. I'm right I there finally, with you. It, I, I'm you know? right there with you, Kate. So unfortunately, I am now and I've realized who I am and I am an e-reader, reader, e-reader, reader. Okay. Um, but I am still reading bad vibes only via paper book and it's hilarious. Um, and my intention this week, Dory mm-hmm. is to, and I'm going to do it today, mail back the mountain of returns, the cardboard box mountain that is sitting shoved inside my closet. I need to mail them back or I'm going to truly be fucked because I'm going to miss the return window. So so I also have not a mountain, but I have a bunch of returns that I need to send back today as well. One thing that does help me with returns is once I like get them all ready, I just immediately put them in my car. Okay. That's really smart. So they're just there because, haunting you, something so around. Right. Well, then they're just there because then it's like if I'm out and about and I pass like a UPS store, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to drop this stuff off. It just like gets them sort of mentally it's like one more mental step mm-hmm. i don't know does that make that's sense? smart no it, yes you you instead of piling them by the door and being like eventually i'll move these to my car you just do it so it's i just done put them in my car and it gets you there yes smart exactly okay, i like it um you're right, you're right. <laughs> kate i honestly do not remember what my intention was last week because it's been a minute since we did intentions. I know. So I'm just going to okay. I'm going to start with a clean slate here. Okay. Start from scratch. Um, you know, this week actually the day that this airs, I believe. Yes, the day that this airs is Yom Kippur. Mm, day of atonement. The day of atonement. Where, you know, we really, we close the chapter on the year, the year behind us and all of our, all of our missteps and 
you know, bad things we did and mm. said, they, they get they get kind of like tied up and <laughs> put out to sea. And that's we so, such a beautiful practice. I, I love that so much. And we just kind of, uh, you know, we start the new year off with a clean slate, like I'm doing with these intentions. So mm. Mm, see how I brought that back. So yes. my intention this week is to just kind of like be in that headspace of mm. starting a clean slate, letting go of whatever from the past year that I'm still like holding on to that does not serve me, whether it was something that I said or did, or, you know, also it, Yom Kippur is also about forgiveness of other people who may have wronged you. So letting that go as well. Mm, I love that Dory. Thank you. I'll be, and, and, you know, and that's a, uh, I don't know. That seems like such a, a great way to start a new year. Thanks. Yeah. And I'll be in synagogue. My friend and I are going together and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, on that note, let us just remind all of you that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by the two of us, Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer, produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our managing partner is Acast. And we will talk to you all later. Bye.